Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Have you ever heard the story about the British warship, the Royal George? I'm guessing maybe not. And if not, I'll tell you about it. So the Royal George was built in the 1750s. And when it was built, it was the largest warship in the world at the time. It was even used a little bit in the Revolutionary War to fight off the American colonists. One day, around 25 years after being in existence on August 29th, 1782, The Royal George was in port in England for some minor repairs. And so the ship was tipped on its side just a little bit for the minor repairs that were needed. On board were several hundred sailors, along with some women and children, the ladies and those kids saying goodbye to their husbands and their fathers who were about to embark on their next voyage and mission. When all of a sudden... The ship began to take on water. And before anyone could hardly even blink or do anything at all, it sunk. Over 900 people drowned. 300 were women and children. As the British Navy was trying to figure out what in the world just happened, and sort of wanting to find out and also sort of not wanting to find out because they knew that would really be some heavy guilt to pay if the finger of blame was pointed at you. There were a lot of different possibilities, but one seemed to stand out among the rest. General decay in the boards of the ship. It seems that a creature still around today known as the naval shipworm the scientific name, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Teredo Narvalis. It's easier to say naval shipworm, so we'll go with that. The naval shipworm, reddish in color, up to a foot or a little more in length, lives in salt water, feasts on wood, like many of you feast on ham at Christmas or turkey at Thanksgiving. The naval shipworm had been eating very healthy meals for a long time in the Royal George, the largest warship of the day. And the British sailors maybe knew they should do something about it, maybe not. And the end of the story, of course, is they didn't do anything about it until it was obviously too late. I don't think that any of you are dealing with rotten woods because of the naval shipworm today. However, I do think that every single one of you, and me too, could say, there are some pieces of my heart that need replacing. You see, each one of us is sinful. Not one of us can say, I'm perfect. And that means there's some rottenness in our heart that needs to be out of there and replaced. How does God deal with sinners 
who have rottenness that need to be replaced? That's the big question of the night. And that question leads to a bigger question, an exclamation even. What child is this? I pray God leads you to see that Jesus, the child in the manger, is the answer to any and every rotten piece in your soul that needs to get out of there. I'd like to begin by, as we're examining these verses from Isaiah chapter 7, giving you a little bit of background to the man who heard these words from Isaiah chapter 7 for the first time, King Ahaz of the country of Judah. Ahaz was, by all accounts, a rotten, rotten man. I don't think anybody would have said he's a nice guy. I don't think anybody would have said he's worth trusting. I think everyone would have said, stay far away and keep your distance. You see, King Ahaz was willing to do absolutely anything it took in order to protect his kingdom. He would bribe people, stealing from others, stealing from the treasury of the church. He would be loyal for a time if you could help him and then turn his back on you if you couldn't. He even, in the midst of all this bribery, trickery, being your friend for a time but then not, sacrificed his sons to false idols. He thought that would help him earn favor with God. King Ahaz was a rotten sinner. What do you think God would say to him? Well, surprisingly, the Lord told him, Ahaz, trust me, because Ahaz, hopefully I've painted the picture well enough for you to see, was trusting in absolutely anything possible except the Lord and his word. That was the only thing he ran away from. The Lord came to Ahaz and said, Trust me. Take me at my word. I will deliver you. And Ahaz met that announcement from God with silence. He gave God defiant, stubborn silence. What do you think God would do now to a reckless, stubbornly, defiant, and silent sinner like Ahaz? Isaiah 7 verse 10 tells the story of this day. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. The Lord actually gave Ahaz a lamp like a genie and said, Rub it, one wish, anything you want. Ask me for a sign, anything so that I can prove to you that I mean what I'm saying. And Ahaz, verse 12, said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. He continued his stubborn, rotten defiance, disagreeing with God at every turn, though willing to try pretty much anything else. Isaiah went on, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans. Will you try the patience of my God also? And boy, you really expect the other hammer to come down, don't you? I would, and I do. But then we get verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, 
and will call him Emmanuel. Isn't that shocking that the Lord, under these circumstances, would promise a child in a manger to save Ahaz and anyone else who repented from their sins? Now, to be clear, on this day, Ahaz certainly was not repenting. And for all we know from the rest of his life in Scripture, he didn't. And if not, he is doomed. But if he would have, the Lord would have forgiven him. Through Christ, the amazing answer to the question, what child is this? Even though Ahaz refused and gave God a big stiff arm time and time again, the Lord said, you don't want a sign? Fine. Guess what? You're getting one anyways. Listen to these miracles that are sure to come. Number one, a virgin will have a baby. Number two, God will become man. You're going to call this baby Emmanuel. That's a Hebrew word that literally means God with us. God in heaven would come to earth and live with us on earth. But there's more miracles in this. I didn't tell you yet that Isaiah lived with Ahaz around 700 B.C. Do you know what's going to happen 700 years from now? Could you make a prediction and write it down today? Yeah, this is what's going to happen in 27-23. Me neither. But Isaiah did that because this is the Lord's word. The Lord, the one in control of all time, the one who can predict centuries in advance what will happen and then follow through to make sure it does happen, did that on this day through the prophet Isaiah for Ahaz and for us. And yet there's even more divine activity involved. Not just that a virgin would have a baby and that God would become man and that the Lord would predict this and make it happen even though centuries apart took place between the prediction and the fulfillment. Also, it is true and a divine miracle that sinners would believe it and repent and come around. Sinners who otherwise are rotten and reckless and doubting and trusting only in self and full of me first everything would say, you know what? Maybe I don't have all the answers. You know what? Maybe I do have some rotten parts of my soul that need to be replaced. You know what? Maybe I do need to listen to God. Maybe he's right and I'm wrong. Repentant hearts, listen and have listened to this promise for many, many years, including those of us in the room tonight. The Lord himself gave a sign. The virgin had a baby and his name was God with us. The one who trusts in him is never, ever put to shame. That last miracle that sinners would believe what God had to say, by the way, is the greatest miracle of all, according to Martin Luther. He always said that, in his opinion, the greatest miracle wasn't just that the virgin had a son, but that the virgin believed that she would have a son when the angel told her. So did the shepherds. So did the magi. And God willing, so do you. And so do I. As we examine our hearts, 
with God's help. What needs to be pried out of there before it's too late? Maybe it's some greed, some rotten lust, some me-first activity that just keeps pushing forward and trampling anything in its path. Maybe it's some me-first rotten doubt that says, does God really know what he's talking about? I don't know. I can't be sure. And I need to solve this. Which quickly leads to the rottenness of me first wanting to control everything as though somehow we could, which we can't. If you try, quite frankly, you end up like Ahaz, panicked, afraid, and still grasping for control and always coming up empty. No matter what the rotten pride is in your heart that needs to be replaced, don't ignore it. Don't delay. Take the lesson learned from the British Navy with the Royal George warship and don't put it off. Instead, openly admit, here is where I am off track. And then listen to what God has to tell you. Because God wants you to know tonight that as you look in the manger, you can say, With all confidence, what child is this? God became man for me? God was willing to leave heaven where everything was convenient, for earth where nothing was convenient. God really gave up hanging out with angels to hang out with reckless, rotten sinners who eventually would make him hang on a cross? And the answer to all of that is yes. God was glad to do that because it was the only way for you and me to have forgiveness that lasts forever. It's the only way for you and me to know for sure that this earth is not our home. Rather, heaven is our home. It's the only way for us to have a relationship with God that is peaceful and wonderful. And so instead of furthering more rottenness with greed or lust or delaying repentance or doubting or whatever sinful activity we we have that we are falling into more than most, so it seems. We can say, you know what? I have a different way. I have a superior way. I'm just going to sit and stare at the manger and say again and again, what child is this? God becoming man so that I could live with him forever. What child is this? I don't need to pursue greed. I have everything I need with Jesus. I don't need to be in control of everything because he is and he's always going to be. I don't need to delay repentance. Why would I want that rottenness to fester and make me drift further from God when Satisfaction, peace, and joy are waiting just around the corner. The closer I get to Jesus, the more of that I simply have in my life. What a gift to know. Emmanuel, God with us, has come. God came from heaven to earth so that you could go from earth to heaven. Emmanuel came long ago so that no matter what comes up in your life, it is always reasonable to say, God with us. 
God with us now. God with us tomorrow. God with us for eternity. The one who trusts in Jesus is never put to shame. And that continues to help us marvel at the answer to the question, what child is this? Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.